friends, welcome to the Wild at Heart podcast, previously known as the Ransom Heart podcast. I'm Alan Arnold, and I'm still Alan Arnold. I'm not changing my name. And with me in the studio today is Bart Hansen. And, and Bart, do you still want to go by Bart Hansen? Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm post Bart, pre Bart. So yeah, it works both sides of that fence. <laughs> Wild at Heart, Ransom Heart. So we are here to have a really, I think, interesting new fresh look at a topic today. And if you're not aware of the name change here, we're in the month of July right now, but I encourage you to go back to the June 15th podcast where John and and several of us talked to you about why we have changed the name of our ministry from Ransomed Heart to Wild at Heart. So if that's news to you, you can find out more there. But Bart, I'm so glad you're here in the studio today. I can't wait for people to hear this conversation. And really, uh, it's a topic that has been something you've been pursuing recently. You came to me and said, man, I've got this idea that I'm really excited to talk about. And so share with us what that is. Yeah, we're talking about living wholeheartedly. And how do we do that? And and I've kind of been on a search in Scripture of what's a, what's a good life verse for me to get that barometer of wholehearted living and to go and to to unpack that with Jesus. And so it's led me to Galatians 5 about the fruits of the Spirit. And so that's where I want to go today. So the fruits of the Spirit, that's a phrase for many people they love and have known from childhood. And for many, it may just sound kind of like this religious catchphrase, fruits of the Spirit. So we're going to go into the beauty and the authenticity of, of what that is, and I think a really fresh way. So whether you know a lot about the fruits of the Spirit or whether that's a whole new term, we want to approach it as a way of saying it's actually a barometer of how you're living with Christ. Yeah, Alan, the picture that comes up as you as you say that, how do we live is uh, I don't know how many of us have seen the movie Secondhand Lines, but it's one of my favorites. It's Michael Caine and Robert Duvall are these two rich uncles that that lived a life of adventure, and they get stuck with a with a nephew that is dropped off at their doorstep. And the movie is them fathering this young man, and this young man goes back and has them tell all their adventures and helps them, and, and they actually live a lot of adventure in the presence of this young man. And so at the end of the movies, when these two rich uncles have died in a plane crash, and as they said, they went out with their boots on. <laughs> and I love that. I love that saying. But at the end, this nephew, he's now grown, and he's talking about these two adventures and so forth. And and he's telling his son about this, and the son says, these two men, did they really live? And it's emotional because he said, they really lived. So that's the spirit of what's in this verse and what's in the context of what we're trying to pursue today is authentic living connected to Jesus. Mm. And Bart, tell me, I'm watching you as you're saying this, and I can see deep emotion on your face. Why, why is this such a passionate topic for you, and, and why the tears? You know, there's striving, and then there's living. 
and I've experienced a lot of the striving. And I want to live. So that's what we're going to go into today, what it looks like to really live in freedom from an awakened heart. Wild at Heart, our theme is love God, live free. And yes. this is a message of how to live yes. in yes. real freedom. So, Bart, before we get into the fruits of the Spirit, there's kind of an on-ramp, I think, of understanding or of seeing the bigger picture mm-hmm. that I would love for you to talk to listeners about. Yeah, just to, to set this up in the context of the fruits of the Spirit, before we go there, we have to go to what Paul's spirit was when he wrote Galatians 5.1. He said it was for freedom that Christ has set us free. So that that is the justification. That is our salvation that's dealt with by the work of Jesus on the cross. And it's the simple transaction of faith. Mm. And it begins and it ends there. And that freedom now allows us to go and to live through Christ, not to live in our brokenness and striving, which is where we tend to go. Because there's this battle now that as our salvation is, that's all settled. Now we move into the level of how do we live? And then there's the battle of the flesh, and there's the fruit of the Spirit. And that's where we want to go, and that's where we want to talk about the invitation of Christ, the freedom for us to choose to draw on Him and be connected to Him, and then these fruits will manifest, will be a part of our life rather than through our brokenness and our striving. Which is a way to what you would say, really live, right? Like the yes. secondhand lines. If we want to exactly. really live. If we want to really live, we have to be connected to the power because we don't have the power to strive in any of these things. Well, and in Scripture, we see Jesus extending that invitation mm-hmm. to a lot of different people. But it seems like Jesus really approached people in two different ways based on where their hearts were. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. It's really interesting. As you go through Scripture, and as I've kind of traveled through Scripture, and I'm still in that study, is it's how he addresses the hearts of people. For the people who are striving and want to live by the law, God's going to address it through the sin. I mean, the Pharisees, you see what he does. But to the person who's searching, Jesus always goes to their heart first. The woman at the well, you know, he says, come, I'll give you water that will quench your thirst forever. And then the woman, uh, the adulterer that was caught and the Pharisees brought her and and said, Jewish law says we stone her right now. And so Jesus goes to their hypocrisy and says, the first one of you that is without sin, cast the first stone. And they all walk away very frustrated. And then Jesus now turns to her, and he doesn't talk about her sin. He goes for her heart. And he has saved her life. Mm. And then he says, so where are your accusers? She says, they're not here. And he says, neither do I accuse you. You see, he loves her at the level of her heart, and then he says, go and sin no more. So time after time after time is Jesus is always going after the heart first Yes, to save us. And that really points to the, 
as Christ has set us free to now go and live, really live, so that we can live and walk away from the sin authentically because we're living in Christ. And that's where some of the fruits of the Spirit then start to be seen, not because we've cleaned up our act first to be good enough. Can't do that. Just can't do that. What I love about that is by starting with the heart, then the burden is not on us to get our act together before we can start living a life of freedom. Right. Like the the invitation is, even to, you know, Bart, as you were talking about those examples, one I love is with the fishermen before they were disciples of Jesus, Mm -hmm. his first words to them were, follow me. It wasn't, hey, get your your act act together. together. Yeah, Yeah, I'll come back in 30 days. And if you've done the program, then maybe you can follow me. It was an invitation of follow me and then have transformation. Yeah, Yeah. So, so the justification has to precede the sanctification. The justification is we're saved by the love of God of just that simple act of our faith. And then we can step into the sanctification and begin to move into the level of living of what Christ calls us up into. What's a more common everyday word for sanctification? Because that sounds like a $10 scholarly word that we don't hear much in our day-to-day conversations. But uh, sanctification, how would you describe it to the the guy who lives next to you that you're trying to invite into this, it's really what? Yeah, it's its sometimes good to get a, a different term because I justification, sanctification, unless, you know, we've been to seminary, we kind of get confused by these terms. But sanctification is, is our ability to live as Christ wants us to live authentically. I love that phrase, authentically. Yes. Yeah, because... That's an invitation that that my heart stirs when you say that, because I don't just want to go through the motions. I want to live authentically as Jesus lived. Right. And, and so the process of doing that is really appealing to me. And yet I think where I get hung up, and I, I think probably a lot of listeners, is striving can start to get in there because I, I want to live like I think Jesus wants me to live and how he lived, but I start trying to do that somehow from the flesh, and that never works out well. Yes, yeah, and it really points back to the freedom in, into the justification that he set us free from the law that we are not bound by the bondage of that, that now we can go fight this battle of the flesh and the spirit, and we can do it freely because the justification, our salvation, is taken care of. Mm. It's done. It's finished. And so we arrive at a place with Christ after salvation that now the life transformation begins and we go into this battle of the flesh and the spirit. And, And a barometer of how we're doing, I think not in a striving way, but just in simply a, a reflection of how it's going are the fruits of the Spirit, yes. what Scripture would call the fruits of the Spirit, right? Right, right, yes. In verse 22 and 23, you know, the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness, the goodness, 
the faithfulness, the gentleness, and the self-control, all of those. And, you know, sometimes I get that order out of sync. But the thing is, is there's many, many more fruits of the Spirit. You know, forgiveness could be one. Mm. There's just a lot of things. So th- this list is really not exhaustive. And I don't think, I don't think Paul meant it to be exhaustive just in those nine terms as he did when he was listing the sins. There's just, there's many sins that have to do with the flesh that are unlisted, but it, it kind of gives the the meaning and, and the spirit of what Paul was trying to create when he's talking about these fruits of the spirit. But, I, you know, I when I read those, and that's the, like I, we were saying, it's kind of a barometer of how my wholeheartedness is or isn't, it really does set off that battle because I tend to go to those things and, man, my old brokenness of striving surfaces very quickly. Well, and so just being honest, when you read that list, and I'm going to reread that list again, (laughs) maybe in a different order, but love, joy, peace, patience, Mm. kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. It sounds more like Mother Teresa than it does William Wallace. And so I find myself reading that list and knowing there, I mean, certainly some stand out more like love, but when I hear that list, I have to catch myself and go, well, wait a minute. Like if that were for my great grandmother probably got a hundred on that test right? because she was a very kind, gentle woman who lived very peacefully and and just gentleness. But yeah. how does that look for you or I in the course of a day? Because those those wouldn't be the top nine things I would list. Right, Alan. I mean, that's so good. I mean, I just, I parallel your thought there. And as a Christian, just reading that list, I tend to look at that and categorize all those things. I said, that just seems kind of like passivity mm. to me, a lot of passivity. But I think when you really come back to the personality of of who Jesus really is, his his compassion, yes, and certainly his mercy for people, that side of him, but then there was a warrior side of him that had fierceness. You know, love has many, many dimensions. Love can be very tough at times and but love can be very compassionate at times. Yes. So all of these really underneath have a strength of masculinity. Again, you could say that for femininity too, that there is a strength behind that. They're really not passive things that just kind of, we sweep them off to say, oh, that that's that feels weak. Yeah, There's he, not weakness there. Well, and when you mentioned Jesus, like, right, he embodied all of all these of those, things yes. and more. And then even looking at God, and we see these aspects in creation, like from creation forward, he made our world, he made Eden to be a place of joy and of peace and of kindness. And it helps me to go back and go, this was built into the DNA of what God meant when he meant humanity. Yes. And even the colors of how he created the mm-hmm. DNA of this universe, this mm-hmm. this this world. And so that shifts my perspective into, okay, and man, these are important things not to strive for, right? Like we were talking a little earlier before the podcast that if we wake up and we go, okay, I'm going to white knuckle it today and I am going to be 
really self-controlling and patient and gentle. <laughs> we're somehow we're we're starting to rely on our own make it happen striving, which isn't really the path into these right. the reality of the fruits, right? Yes. Yeah. And, and you know, just to just to pick one, and I I don't think there's any particular order of this, but as you just listed those off, I think of gentleness and I say, gosh, that just doesn't seem to fit my personality, you know. But what comes to mind is a picture of that is my grandfather on my mom's side. He was this big man, very silent, but he he walked with God, and he just exuded this strength. And I would say one of his attributes that was the most visible in his life was his gentleness. And I can remember my grandmother and you know, I was I was probably in my 20s and my grandmother had Alzheimer's and the way he loved her with this mm. gentleness would just really brings that to life to me. And so, I, you know, I think we, we tend to make agreements that, hey, there's some of these things that we can't do, but no, I think if we are living in that and and connected to Jesus, uh-huh. then we have the ability to live all of these fruits of the Spirit. Doesn't have anything to do with our posing or our personality, any of that. It's how are we connected to Christ? That's good. That He can begin to live through us in all of these fruits of the Spirit. Yeah, and I think when as you're listening to this uh, and you hear the different ones, find the ones that you think are hardest for you. So. Maybe joy comes pretty easy. Patience is a real struggle. Mm, yeah. Well, I think that's the invitation that we're being given by God to not to strive toward, but to actually go, okay, God, Father, I want more of this. And it comes from you. You are the vine, God, and we are the branches. And so we don't have to muster up more patience. In our own strength, we'll never. In fact, we'll never do that. Yeah, you can't do that. It's impossible. You can't. You'll just and you'll drive yourself and probably everybody around you crazy. That's the bondage of the law that you just you just spoke of. There is I'm going to strive to make this happen in my life. And Paul and Jesus are saying you can't do that. You you have to be connected to me to authentically live in these fruits. So there's a humility there. There Meaning, is a humility, and there's a surrender. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, Alan, as as I look at this, as I look at these fruits, boy, this is a this is a daily surrender to die to the flesh and to be reconnected to Christ in order that I may live in these fruits because I don't have the capacity to love when I'm not connected to Jesus. It it doesn't happen. There yeah. is no power there. Yeah. Well, it's a it is a humbling exercise and, and a good one to go through that list and go, okay, honestly, no shame, but how am I doing? How loving am I? How much joy do I tend to have? Just kind of go down the list. Am I, do I exude peace right. or patience when I don't get my way? Kelly's told me in the past, <laughs> it's been humbling, but she'll say, Alan, you're you're really like, pretty joyful and and pretty peaceful and patient as long as things are going good. Mm-hmm. But when they don't, 
then you start to get impatient and the peace kind of goes away quickly and the joy goes away quickly. And for me, that's a great thing, hard thing, but great thing to hear from my spouse because it helps me go, if all of those traits start to diminish as soon as hard times hit, I'm not connected as much in the branch vine analogy as I want to yes. be. I, I Maybe I'm mustering it up and I can only do so much in my own strength, but when it all hits the fan, I no longer have that ability to exude those things if I'm not connected. Right. Yeah. Well, and and just just that one fruit of peace. I mean, it kind of has the same parallel of just what you're the point you're making there with me. It's it's uh when I look at that fruit, it's like, okay, with all of the crap that's going on in my life or in the world, what's my demeanor? Am I peaceful? Am I anxious? Yes. Have I let go of of things in the midst of terrible circumstances that's happening to me personally or that's going on around me? Do I live a peaceful life? And that peace can only come from being connected to Jesus. Yeah, and if our that's so good because if our root system is somehow tapping into the soil of the world for yes. our nourishment, well, then when you know the pandemic hits yeah. or when there's social tension and unrest, it's easy then to go, well, of course I can't be very peaceful or right. joyful when this is happening. But if our deep roots go down into the soil of the kingdom and of God, then we shouldn't lose these traits right. no matter what the world yeah. has. Yeah, we have the peace in the midst of all the circumstances and of all the crisis that we are living at peace. It's Jesus being connected to him, saying, you don't need to be rattled by that. I'm here. So which I'm one here. of these are you struggling with most now? Uh, right. All of them. <laughs> <laughs> and there's even more than nine, so you don't have to limit it to these. It's, it's yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. So, you know, kindness. Oh, man. I mean, how many times, how many times have I sat down and drafted an email or some correspondence and it reflects my heart? which may or may not be in a real good place. <laughs> and then you hit that send button, and then afterwards you really feel the Spirit say, that wasn't kind. Yes. What you said was not kind. Yeah. I know in myself I've struggled with, I want things to be right. And so mm -hmm. I can start to convince myself, well, I'm just fighting for what's right. And so, you know, I'm not going to necessarily be patient or peaceful or or all that loving in the battle, but I'm fighting for the right thing. Right. And I realize actually that's not the way Jesus would be approaching it. And if he is the one that has said, these are the signs, this is the essence of who you are to be, then I'm supposed to be that way in the storm or in the calm times. And you know, Bart, like personality tests are so big right. today. And right. so people will measure, you know, they'll take the test and they'll get the results and they'll say, wow, well, I guess I'm just a driven, make it happen person. And so, yeah, I was kind of low on peace and patience, but that's just, you that's know, just, that's not who I am. Yeah, yeah, really. It's just a reflection of your brokenness and your posing. Yeah, the test is measuring really well yes. your deficiencies. Yeah. But that's not who you are. 
Right. That's the state that you're operating in. And so if you have taken those tests or if you say, you know, I'm, I know I should probably engage more with other people and, and listen more to their story, but I'm, I'm really an introvert. Well, you have to catch yourself and say, was Jesus an introvert or extrovert? I think both. Both. You're right. At different times. And so we can't box ourselves into these labels right. that are either based on brokenness or self-protection or the scars of our story and then say, that's me. And so I'm limited in in my interaction with other people, or I've got to always be around other people to feel good. Because the fruits of the Spirit, it sounds like the invitation here into freedom is a wholehearted life is being able to be fully alive and awakened in yes. all of these areas. Yeah, so I think I think what we're exposing, what we're surfacing here is as we go through this, through this list, and we feel the deficiency, it's the Spirit saying, that's where you need to be connected to Jesus. Yes. That's where you need to come back to me, surrender, die to that sin, yes. and then I can begin to work through this fruit in your life. That's good. A friend of mine has a coffee shop in town, and they roast their own coffee. Mm. And one of the stories he told me is what you're tasting in this particular blend of coffee is the trees, and I believe these were from uh, Nicaragua, but he was saying the orchard that those are in, he knows the growers, and he said there are actually some orange trees Mm. that are in the grove next to it. Mm -hmm. And the bees will cross-pollinate, and so... The coffee tree is actually, you're tasting this hint of citrus Mm. that doesn't come from the coffee. The coffee tree can't strive enough to to have a citrus taste to it. It comes from the bees cross-pollinizing. Yes. And I think of that a lot as what the invitation of the Holy Spirit is, is you can't come up with enough faithfulness and and self-control and peace on your own. You can't just try harder but you can have this pollinization that gives you this essence of the kingdom. And all of these traits are kingdom essences, I think, right. that, that come out. And so I was talking to an ally recently, and and he was saying, man, I struggle with self-control. And I guess I've I've just got to try harder. Or maybe, maybe I... I'm not really saved like I thought I was, but maybe I'm, this isn't really genuine. And to be able to let him know self-control is really big and it's not something that you were ever meant to do out of your own striving. Right, right. Just as as the justification came out of the, the work of, of the cross of Christ, what we're talking about here comes out of the work of the resurrection that we're we're being made whole, wholehearted, and it's through this work of Christ that that invitation comes to say that the battle of the flesh, you'll never win because that's the bondage of, of the enemy of the law that condemns us. But it's the invitation of God to say that I can begin to work in these things that you think you have no ability to do, and you don't on your own, it's only if you're connected to me as 
as John wrote in in uh, John 15 about you know the analogy we've been using throughout our talk here about being connected to the vine where the branch is connected to the vine and then the, the fruit comes from that that succession of of that life of from the ground to the vine to the branches to the fruit and we're just a conduit of that and we have to be in that in that order in order for these things to flourish well when you say that i breathe easier i find myself the pressure's off yeah like there's relief in going ah like not more things i have to try harder to yes. do in my own strength because the flesh isn't the cure for the flesh yes like in my own flesh i'll never succeed at at doing all the things that i think i'm supposed to but with jesus in me and from a good heart and from living in his strength wow like then all of a sudden these things should be the fruits of my life the yes things that i'm not trying super hard to do so other people notice but it's just who i am becoming yes so bart as we're wrapping up i think it's the invitation that we want to make sure the listener hears is not boy you need to do better in these areas that's not what we're saying at all but but what we're saying is why don't you just start with these nine fruits that we've mentioned just to go to God and say, God, how am I doing with love? And then just listen and then go through the others. God, how much joy do I have in my life? How much peace do I bring when I walk into a room? How much peace do I have in turmoil in the midst of a storm? And go through those patience, kindness, faithfulness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, and listen. And if you want to even go a step further, find somebody you really trust who walks with God well and in a safe environment say, I'm not going to push back, but will you tell me how I'm doing in these areas? Because I know these are signs of a believer who is connected to God. And, and I, I want to be more connected in these areas. So just how do you think I'm doing? And don't argue or push back. But listen, if you, if you want to take it to that other level where you're getting feedback from those around you, and then at that point, I think you've got a good barometer for what are ways I can grow in my wholeheartedness. Mm -hmm. And so, Bart, I want you to wrap us up here, but also, if you would, I'd love for you to pray for this topic of how people can enter into this and and the invitation for us all to live in more freedom and, and be more wholehearted as we pursue these fruits of the Spirit. Yeah, yeah. So, Jesus, thank you. Thank you for your truth. Thank you, God, that you have set us free. It is for freedom that you have set us free. And with that totally settled, now we can begin to live. And we, we move to the next step with you to say, God, how do I live? And um, man, our brokenness just comes into this as we look at these fruits of the Spirit. I just look at those and I see so many times of how I strive to make something work. But God says, no, go back to the freedom. You're now free to come and be connected to me because that's the only way 
that these fruits will manifest themselves to you. So Jesus, as we go through these fruits of the Spirit, as Alan has listed them, and we're convicted, that conviction is actually the Spirit inviting us to be connected to you. And that comes through our stories, comes through our brokenness, it comes through all that you're surfacing in us so that we can be more Christ-like to live in all of these, which is impossible to do unless we're connected to you. So, Jesus, help us help us to see as this list comes that it elicits that battle between the flesh and the spirit. But the conviction of this, let it not lead us to the drivenness into the flesh, but to the connectedness with you. So, Jesus, that's, that's our hearts, and that's what you intend in this. So, Jesus, come surface this and lead us in your spirit and manifest this fruit into us as we come to you, Jesus, in your name. <laughs>